trust in your word and we activate your word in our lives tonight we believe you Jesus come on tell him I trust you Jesus I believe in you tell him go ahead hallelujah 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 presence of God here. Last night we had a beautiful time, but tonight's going to get even better. It's going to get better. I know it. You could sense the hunger, the desperation in many of our lives here. You wouldn't be here on a Monday night if you didn't want to touch Jesus. That's for sure. Desperate, desperate attitude. If we continue to have that, you're going to see God move in a powerful way tonight. Thank you, Josie, Pastor Josie. It's still a little funny saying that for me. Because Josie, we just saw each other first name, usually. One time I tried to call her sister Josie, and she just looked at me funny. Like, what's wrong with you? What are you telling me that for? <laughs> but man, I am so blessed to see what God is using you to do here. <laughs> Talk about having heart. We love you, and uh, man, you really, you really have heart, man. You, you. I miss Pastor Steve. I miss him a lot. Being in Cape Town, you can't help but to think about him very often, because uh, that was that was his uh, that was birth in his heart, you know. So I feel very close still, because <laughs> uh, I think about it often, and I reflect back to the sermons that he had. As a matter of fact, the last sermon that he preached here, I played a lot. It's great to be back home, though. Be back here, be with you. Because, you know, it's continuing on. What God begins, he doesn't just put an end to nothing that he starts and that he wants to finish. <clears throat> I, I know that you and I, together tonight, are going to experience a touch of God. I know it. And I trust him on that. I, I uh, 
Also, just want to say, Pastor Eddie, it's so good to see you. Thank you for coming down. That, that means a lot. Then you're going all the way to the Philippines tomorrow, huh? Feel for you, man. It's a long flight, huh? I'm sure when you get there, I'm sure you're going to be excited to do what God's called you to do. It's like an energy that comes over you, huh? It's awesome, man. Praise the Lord. And all the, all the team, thank you for everything. You guys have been wonderful. Praise God. Let's go into the word, okay? Mark chapter 5. Praise God. I still can't believe it's been three years that I've been in Cape Town. It's amazing. It's amazing, actually. And it, don't look, it doesn't look like I'm coming home soon either. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I love it, though. I've grown to love it there. It's a beautiful city. And God has done some miraculous things there. You know, I'm going to share with you a couple of those things. I mean, we've been seeing miracle after miracle after miracle in Cape Town. I mean, not just with the people getting saved either, with people getting healed, people getting set free off of drugs. I've seen literally a man that was completely deaf, completely deaf. Uh, comp- I mean, man, he could hear immediately. I mean, it was, a, it was amazing. I mean, it was like the Bible days. I, I, you know, you pray for people sometimes, but, you know, to see it <laughs> immediately happen. And in his face, you could see he heard. The whole place, place could see it, you know. And uh, it was something else. And then it was so, you know, the music was, all they got all excited, they're playing loud. And, ah, it's loud. <laughs> <laughs> what an experience. We've seen a couple people, about three people come out of wheelchairs. Two of them are not in the wheelchair anymore. One of them, I believe, can walk if they choose to. <laughs> a lot of times, God wants to set you free, but it takes a little work on your part, too. You got to be disciplined to get up every day and exercise it. <laughs> Sometimes people get healed instantly. <laughs> Sometimes you get loosened and unraveled, and it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes God uses a doctor, amen? Sometimes he uses an operation. However he chooses to do it, only he knows what he wants and only he knows necessarily what he wants to see in our lives. So whatever it takes to get there, let's just be willing to get there. <laughs> and I believe that God is he's faithful to his word. I know it. Mark chapter 5 and verse, it's a very familiar scripture here. But very, and let's start in verse, uh, second part of 24. <coughs> Excuse me. Familiar scripture, I hope that you don't think you've heard it before. Let's act as if we never heard it, (laughs) and let's see what God does, okay? A large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus, and a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Somebody say 12 years. years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, She grew worse. Somebody say grew. Grew. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Now, please remember this part. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she, would, she was freed from suffering. 
At once, now this is an interesting part to me too. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to somebody say, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. <clears throat> he said to her, daughter, somebody say daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Let's pray. Thank you, God, so much for being here. We appreciate everything you're doing, everything you've done last night and what you're going to do tonight. I thank you in advance. I just know that you have something very special tonight for every one of us. I pray that there would not be one person, including myself, that would leave this place the same. Let us be changed tonight. I pray that even if it's just one word. But I pray, God, we would get a little closer to you tonight. And I pray our lives would not be the same. And I pray that we would, you would mark us, God. Mark us tonight. Let something special happen. And I pray, God, that you would be glorified throughout the whole, the whole evening. Thank you so much for letting me be here with, with this church. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell the person next to you, say, you look good. And you're looking better and better every day. You could go ahead and be seated. Look at him again. This time, hit him on the shoulder. <laughs> See, don't get proud now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No matter, some people, you know, some people don't realize they're, they look good now. <laughs> it's the truth, you know. Some people, like, they, they really have a hard time thinking that they look good. Maybe some people in here tonight kind of look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like it. <laughs> Could be. Could be a lot of people are like that. Even though you're saved. Even though Jesus came into your life. Now, if you haven't had Jesus come into your life, I can understand you feeling that way. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, a lot of people are, are, you know, when things happen in your life or you've done wrong things, it's hard to look at the person in the mirror and say, I love you. <laughs> because all you see sometimes is negative. Amen. I mean, we put on a front in front of everybody else. But when you are alone and you look in the mirror, a lot of times you think worse of yourself than what people gossip about you. Or your worst enemy even thinks. Yes. And a lot of times that's in the church. Because of problems. Problems change people's perspective of themselves. It's a sad thing when you see people, sometimes they just don't realize they look good. Even when people compliment them, they just have a hard time receiving it. Look at the person next to you, see, you do look good. Tell them you're looking better every day. I wish I had a mirror right now. 
Your problem is not you. Even though your problem, <laughs> I'll tell you this much about problems. If we keep our problem too long, it feels like it's us. One problem that's not tended to could turn into a life-changing life bondage. And it could become your brand, your label. Could become what people call you. You ever been called the problem? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ever been called like what your biggest problem is? You've been called like, you know, the person in the wheelchair? You ever heard of that? <laughs> The person, oh, she's got, yeah, that's, that's just a so-and-so. She's got cancer. Oh, that brother, <laughs> he's a backslider. The world does, in, in the church too, don't get me wrong, the world and the church, they label us. Usually not for what we do so good. Usually the labels that stick are the stuff that is not so good. You know, the one that talks all the time. The gossiper, you know that sister, oh yeah. I mean, they don't say it in front of everybody. But you know, you've heard it, and it hurts your feelings when you hear it. And you look in the mirror, and you think even worse than that. <laughs> A lot of times, we are our own worst critic. And we look, and we, don't, we think things can happen for everybody else but us. You ever felt like that? You ever see people get healed, and it just, man, why can't that be me? Anybody here like that? You ever see somebody get a breakthrough and you just go, man, I, I want that. You ever see somebody get a word or somebody got called out and you're like, why can't that happen to me? And then you think that, well, I guess that's just the way it is for me. I'll tell you, it's not so, but we have got to stop looking at our life and letting it be less than what God said it can be. I'm going to say something that's pretty strong, but you might agree, you might not, but I would hope you'd understand what I'm saying. You don't know yourself yet. Now, maybe there's a few people in here that do know who they are in Christ, but I'd venture to say most of Christianity doesn't really know who they are. Most people that are saved are walking around not knowing why. They walk around with problems, and that's all they focus on. That's all they think about. That's all they care about right now because it's too much weight. And before you know it, they walk around heavy. And God never intended for you to do that. If you knew who you were, you wouldn't walk around with all that stuff all over you all the time. You'd be able to walk around with a smile. You would be able to walk around with encouraging words all the time. You wouldn't always need to be encouraged because you are constantly encouraged in the Holy Ghost. You would know that you know that God has a plan. And although it might be a struggle at times, you're going to pull through. You're not going to stay in a struggle. You're not going to live in the struggle forever if you choose not. Sometimes you've got to change your label. <laughs> Instead of being the person with the problem, be the person that got healed of it. Instead of being the person that always has financial struggle, be the person that's always blessing people financially. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Come on, clap your hands if you're hearing what I'm saying. Instead of having too little, have too much. 
there's certain things we must do in order to achieve this. The Bible talks about it. This story gives a lot of good principles. A lot of them. Matter of fact, this woman had it tough. She really had some problems. Now, I'm going to just share a few things out of that. Kind of similar to, we're going to go where we were last night. See, we've been talking about giving God your best. <laughs> what is your best? Matter, let me just ask you this. What is the best that you've been <laughs> for God? How much were you tithing when you were giving your best? Was it 10% or not even that sometimes? Some people here, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not just saying here in the world, they don't even give God what belongs to him. But what is your best? I mean, was it giving 20% for three months, six months? Did you bump it up to 30 because you just felt like you were in the zone? I mean, this is a church that's been around for 30 years, or, you know, at least almost 20, almost 30 years. So I know there's many of you that you could very well not be doing your very best. Because on a 30-year journey, sometimes we look back and we say, whoo, it sure was good in those days. And the truth is, it's even better now, but maybe not for you. Because you let something stop what you're seeing. You let something block it. You let something get in the way of it. You let something stop you from being you. I don't know what, but at times, I'm not saying everybody, but there's a few. But what if everybody gave their best at the same time? Just think of it. What if this whole church just said, you know what? Let's do it. Let's give God our very best. Let's get out of our problems. Let's get out of our circumstances. Let's get out of our mentality. Let's get out of our poverty. Let's get out of, let's get out of debt. Come on, somebody clap here. If that was you. Just think of what the world would see. A bunch of people in Hayward Church getting out of debt. Whoa, come on now. Prospering in the midst of famine. This woman, she had a lot going for her. She had a great name at one time. She had a family. That's what they say. She had a lot. She was actually a well-to-do woman. She had money. She had one problem beyond her control, I believe, that could not be fixed by the world's fixing, way of fixing things. She had one issue, okay, one issue, like I said, if it goes unattended for too long, if it's not fixed for a certain amount of time, little by little, that one issue will take away what you think is everything you need. This is heavy. Little by little, if you don't fix that one issue and if you don't get it right, little by little, one issue will get bigger. If you have a bad temper and you don't want to change it, it'll get worse. It'll change things around you. It'll either you change it or it'll change you. And I'm not talking about just bad temper. If you're tight, same thing. Don't get me wrong. You can only be tight for so long with God. <laughs> it's true. Because then you'll start spilling it. Not just that. If you don't love, you can't get away with that very long. If you don't forgive, that could be an issue. If you don't know how to forgive, you're going to rot your family. 
One issue, one experience, one day where one time somebody hurts you real bad. And if you don't let it go, it will ruin the good and all the things you have. She had an issue that was not able to be fixed. She didn't know what to do. She went to doctors. Now, how many people have ever gone to doctors at times? Imagine if the doctor just said, hey, I don't have no cure for you. I tried. Try this. And then, you know, the doctors always try to make a little bit of money. That's the thing about doctors sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I love them, and I thank God for them. But sometimes, I don't know what it is, but they seem to, like, try a bunch of different things before the thing that maybe would actually work. <laughs> Sound like a mechanic sometimes. You go to the It's like, dude, all you have is a little leak, and you know what it is, but it, well, this is, well, anyway. My point is this. She went to many doctors trying to get a cure, and everybody, when you really got a big problem, everybody knows somebody that could help. Everybody knows somebody. Everybody has some gimmick. Everybody has some other alternative. I mean, if you have a sickness, then they'll say, ooh, you got to try this because my cousin's neighbor's friend used this malt, took it one time a day, and poof, the pain is gone. But in the meantime, they're selling you something. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Maybe it does work at times, certain things. I'm not saying don't go try anything. But I am saying this. You can keep on going and trying different things. But eventually, it will take everything out of you. When you keep on going and trying what the world says will work, and it doesn't seem to work. And I'm not talking about just outside, because it took all her money, sure. But it took everything she loved, and it took her personality away, took who she was away, took where she lived away. Before you knew it, this woman was outside, literally outcasted. Outcasted by herself, having to deal with her issue. Because no one could help her. She was branded as a woman with the issue of blood. They didn't give her a name. Oh, you're the woman with the issue. <laughs> That's what she was labeled. Everybody knew her as a woman with a problem. And they knew what it was. Oh, she's a woman that lost it all. Oh, at one time, she used to sing in the choir. <laughs> Man, she was good. She used to sing solos, but oh, and then she got married and she picked the wrong dude. Oh, that was her issue. She couldn't wait on God. And look at her today. She's got seven kids. They're on welfare and they live out. <laughs> and she even lost them. Now, everybody, you know what I'm saying? You ever hear those stories? Here's this woman, and that's what her story was like. Because whatever she had, she didn't have it in this story. It says that she did have, but no longer. But the heavy thing about that, you hear me, <clears throat> in my translation, and, and this, is, this is just something that I caught out of it. Because in the midst of when things are going wrong, it doesn't always mean that it's not going to get better here. Hear me. Because she tried everything she could try. And I don't say don't go to doctors. Please, go to doctors. Find out what they have to say about your condition. At least you know what the enemy's trying to attack you with. What's wrong with getting more information? Doesn't mean you're labeled with it, but doesn't mean you have to receive it either. 
but I'd rather know what he's trying to hit me with so I can stand against it and pray against that demon. But I will say this, she tried everything, and then now she's in a situation where she grew worse. Two words that don't make sense. To grow worse. I like the way it's said in, the, in this translation. Because, listen, I didn't, you know, there's such thing as growing worse. <laughs> Situations, you grow worse at times. Now, I know it sounds kind of funny, huh? Sounds a little weird even. But hear me. Hear me. Somebody say, I'm growing. Say it louder. I'm growing. Just because your situation hasn't gotten better yet, don't mean you're not growing. Matter of fact, your situation getting worse sometimes makes you grow better. Sometimes your situation getting worse sometimes puts you in a better position than when you were before, when you had a lot of good things. <laughs> this is heavy. Think about it. Think about it. It was at your darkest moments where nothing else worked, where everybody turned their back on you, that you grew the most. If you've been going through it and you thought God wasn't there, I got news for you. It's time to turn around your thinking. Stop and think about it for a minute. Don't let yourself go down that way. Too many people give up when they don't even realize they've grown. Just because it hurts don't mean you're not growing. Just because there's still pain don't mean you're not healed. Just you're not healed yet. <laughs> but through the pain, it should make you know what you, you know, you learn lessons through pain. You learn how to live life better through pain. You learn how to appreciate through pain. You learn how to love people through pain. Come on, somebody. You learn how to know who loves you through pain. You see who you can depend on. You see who is for you, who is against you when you're in pain. You grow. Somebody say, I'm growing. Just because you don't have what you want right now doesn't mean you're not growing. Somebody say, I'm growing. Situation might look worse, but that's okay. 12 years. 12 years trying everything, but growing worse. Every year getting closer to her cure. You know why I say that about this woman? Because... See, there's, a, there's like some quotes you could look up in leadership books, but it talks about failure. And Pastor Ray would tell you, failure is only when you choose to give up. So as long as she was getting up every day and still looking for a cure and still seeing herself made whole, she wasn't a failure at all. She was just a woman with an issue that was on her way to change it. And every year, it started 12 years ago, every year she grew a little bit more. Every year she learned a little bit more. 
Every year she got a little more tired of being that way. Every year she realized what didn't work. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you realize what doesn't work for you. You get to know you. You got to get to know you. And the only way you do is through trials. <laughs> Pain. Sometimes that's the way you get to know what you're made out of. It's the truth. You get to know what you can handle and what you can't. And I'll tell you this much, it gets you to the point that she got to. If you let it. Gets you to hear. Some of you are here tonight because you heard that Jesus can heal you here. She grew. She heard something. She heard that Jesus is coming by, and she wasn't a quitter. She got up that morning, and she said, today is my day. I heard about this Jesus, and I heard that he won't keep me this way. I heard that he could change. Come on, somebody clap your hand. Have you heard this before? Have you heard that he is a healer? Have you heard that he could turn it all around? Have you heard it? Come on, clap your hands if you've heard it. Give him praise. Let him know it. Let him know that you are somebody that won't stay where you've been. Keep on clapping your hands if you're changing already. You can see you're growing. Somebody say, I'm growing. Say it louder. I'm growing. Devil, I'm growing. Come on, say it. Devil, I'm growing. I'm leaving. Tell the person next to you, say, don't I look different now? You know what I'm asking you to do right now? By, you know, say it, say it, say this, say that. It is what she did. Because before she had her breakthrough, she spoke it into existence. She saw herself made whole. She saw her situation fixed. And she didn't just see it. The Bible says she said it to herself. Now she doesn't just have an issue. So now she looks like a woman who's talking to herself. I mean, seriously, every now and then, you're going to look kind of, what in the world? If you really trust the word of God, Every now and then, you're going to look like a holy go, holy roller. <laughs> Every now and then, you will look like somebody that, what in the world, it happened to them. Tonight, I hope you let it go. I hope you let go of what you were and start acting like who you should be. Start being who you should be. Not only that, but start talking like it. Somebody say Amen. But say, I am, I am. Made, whole. made whole. You listen, if you talk that way, you got to speak it. You can't just think it. See, one version says she said to herself. One version said she kept on saying it. Now, if you study it, you know, you know how the Bible talks about meditation, meditate on God's word? It doesn't just mean think. Meditate, to meditate on God's word, it means say it to yourself. Speak it out loud. Let yourself hear it coming out of your own lips. Speak. 
The word of God. The Bible also talks about reminding God of his promises. When you're speaking it, you're speaking out words. And words are more powerful than you know. Words are powerful. Tell the person next to you, say, words are powerful. Sticks and stones may break my bones. That's so not true, huh? But names are never hurt me. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Names hurt real bad. When people called you names, that hurt. You started believing it, especially when the right people call you wrong names. It affects you. It ruins people. It makes it so many times. Words are more powerful than you know because words create. <laughs> words are what was used to create everything that we have. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And what did God say? Let there be. Somebody said, and. You were a word before you were here. <laughs> Words make a difference. They create something. They create an atmosphere. If you want to think that your kids will never get better, keep on telling them that they'll never get better. If you want to think that this person will never change, son, see, I knew you'll never change. Keep it up. You're doing more damage than good. If you don't think your wife is nice, keep on telling her, you are not nice. <laughs> I'm saying it nicely, huh? <laughs> if your husband doesn't understand you, stop telling him. He don't ever understand me. Because he never will. Instead, when you get that little brief moment where he does, Speak it. Say, wow. You understand me, don't you? I love how you are so understanding. I love how you listen to me right now. That was so good. If you want to make people better, speak it. Speak it. Because if you speak negative long enough, that person will no longer have no effort in them when you already branded them. Words will change your situation. And the, if you quote things from the word of God, it won't just change it. It'll change it for the better. Words will create your atmosphere at home. Words will tell if the person, people around you are going to get better or not. Whatever you want to see, speak it. As long as it's according to the word of God, it shall be given you. If you don't stop, don't quit, put a good name on whatever you love. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. All I got to do, touch Jesus tonight, I will be healed. 
All I got to do is touch Jesus and my life will change. I will see God do great things. I'm not going to be put here no more. I'm not going to be sick no more. I'm not going to be discouraged no more. I will not be depressed no more. I'm not going to be in debt no more. I'm going to have what I need, the power that I need to be somebody I want to be. Somebody clap your hands if you're going that way. Come on, keep on clapping. Break something in here. Keep on going. Keep on going. Let him see you. Let him see what you're doing. Think about you, who you are in God. Think about what you want to be. Start picturing it. Start dreaming it. You know what makes people better is when they're, you know, when they're able to dream a bit. When's the last time you dreamt big? Time to dream it. Start seeing it. See, this lady had a good imagination. She had imagination even though nothing was working in her life. She still had a vision of getting her family back, of being the woman she always wanted to be. And she didn't give up because life hurt her. She spoke things that were life. And as long as you have breath, praise him. <laughs> Through it all, praise him. Through it the storm, praise him. You're growing if you do. You're, you're growing. You're growing. Somebody say, I'm growing. Come on, get into your spirit. I'm growing. It hurts. It hurts. But I'm still going. You can't quit. You can't die that way. You can't go out that way. You got a lot to change. You got a lot to do still. You still got a church to build. You still have a city called Hayward that needs Jesus. You still have got to make history. You got a pastor, the only one in Victory Outreach that's a woman. You have, a, you have something to prove. Pave away. Pave away. Because I'll tell you this much. I believe there's many more young ladies that are going to be pastors in victory. I believe it. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, hey, we're going to go and start trying to get all these ladies launched. No, but I am saying there's young ladies with a call like that. God chooses who he wants to choose. He used Deborah. Understand something. We got a lot to do here. You're a church that is not ordinary. You're not ordinary at all. You never have been, though. Because Pastor Steve was the most not ordinary person I've ever met. <laughs> he had a way about himself that was so different. But I loved it. We did. We appreciated it. He brought a different perspective. And he proved that God was with him. It wasn't just him, though. It was just Pastor Josie right there, too. Oh, give God praise and glory because you're growing. Come on, clap your hands. You could just sense it. 
You just got to know who you are. You just got to know who you are. You got to know. You got to know it. You got to know it. You got to see it. Ooh, this is getting good. I feel like something's breaking here. Keep on clapping. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Are you the largest church in Hayward? Come on, dream a little bit. Come on. Can it be so? Can this happen? Come on, somebody. Who are you? Who are you? Are you a leader? Are you somebody that makes an impact? Are you somebody that's going to write a book one day? Are you an author? Who are you? This woman knew who she was. And just because it didn't happen overnight, that's another thing about it, the consistency. Talk about a woman who would not accept anything but the best. She's a winner. See, winners, you could throw anything you can at them, but they'll bounce up again. Winners, you can't tell them they're a loser, even though they lose. Every winner loses. Every winner has lost. There's not no winner that hasn't been a loser. The only difference is they don't like being a loser. Winner. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You don't win by running away. You don't win by quitting. You don't win by changing churches. You don't win by going someplace else. She won. Because every day she got up and said, I'm not going to be the same. I'm going to find it. We're going to find what works for me here. We're going to find what works. Come on, somebody. Every day you got to get up and find what works. Don't let yourself grow negative. See, imagine if she was negative, complaining the whole time on her way to Jesus. There's no power that's going to come out of him, man. You want the power that you need? you got to start thinking positive. Get away from negative. Or even better, turn the negative to a positive. Come on. Who are you? Who are you? Time to start turning it around. <laughs> Turn the situation around. Turn it around in your family. Turn it around in your household, in your ministry. Everywhere you go, create a buzz. Ooh, this is heavy. You know what a buzz is? Bzzz, you ever heard of the buzz? You know, the buzz is when people just start talking about something that's real good. And some of you are here tonight because of a buzz. here because you heard a bzzz. something will happen last night somebody called you come on and said oh we had a service last night oh god was there it was four hours and it felt like one we saw people touch we started dancing in the whole come on somebody clap your hand that's a buzz that's a good buzz that's the people that want what God has for them, and they will be that church. Come on, clap your hands for God. Come on, clap your hands like you're the biggest church in Hayward. 
Clap your hands like you're a leader of thousands of people. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands like a winner does. Clap your hands like a person that is going somewhere. That's not staying like this. You're not staying in your situation. You're not staying in those setbacks. You're going to get fired up inside, and God will give you the victory. It's not easy. It's not easy. That's why you got to talk to yourself. Because the enemies talk to you all the time. How many times have you heard him tell you, you loser? See, there you go again. You hear him all the time. He's good at keeping you in that place. He's good at keeping us down. But eventually, sooner, you got, sooner than later, I hope you start saying, devil, I'm going to take that thought. And... <laughs> nope, no more. No more. Come on, somebody. No more. I'm not going to be that no more. That's yesterday. That might have been yesterday. I, I, yeah, okay, you maybe have a point there. Yesterday. But because of the Jesus that I serve, because of the Jesus that's in my life, because I know that I touched him. Tell the person next to you, say, I'm already changing. Come on, tell him like you, believe, like you really believe it. Tell him back. Say, you know what? I think I see it. Before it happens where people can see it, you've got to have it in you. You've got to walk like a person who's going to have a business. You've got to carry yourself like a business owner that is successful before you have it. That's what the fruit of the Spirit's all about. Putting on even though you might not feel it. Where in the Bible does it talk about feeling? I mean, where? You have it. You don't need to feel it when you have it. You just got to put it on. I think we got to start putting on some power of God because you have it. I'm finished with preaching, but if you could come up to the piano. Understand this. She made a difference. She created something that we're still talking about. She created an example of what all of us could have tonight by her attitude, by her thoughts, by her persistence, by her consistency, by her determination, by her words that she said, by the way she went about it. She talked herself into her miracle. She walked herself into her miracle. And she crawled herself to her miracle. And she pulled power from him. She said, I'm not dying this way. My kids won't see their mother die like this. I'm not dying poor. may have lost it all, but God will give it back to me, and when he does, I'll know better what to do with it. I've gone through a whole lot. I'll be honest with you. I've gone through a lot. But when I started ministry, God just, he blessed me fast. I mean, for 24-year-old, 22-year-old, 26, whatever, man, it just was, he blessed me fast. I think a lot of it is just biblical because my dad is who he is and 
sacrifice that they made. And, but if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> and if you don't really, really, really understand it, you'll lose it. <laughs> and eventually, my world started crumbling a bit. I'm just telling you the truth. I'll tell you this much. It doesn't feel good when you've got to grow. It doesn't feel good when God really wants to change you into a better person. It doesn't always look good on your resume either. It's not always something that you're proud of. People do talk about you, too. Sometimes it's true. Most of the time it's not. Some is, some not. But who would ever know? Because it all sounds true. Understand this. A lot of people don't ever continue. Because they let the label of what life and what you, or whatever reason you ended up there, they let that be the end of the story. I thank God because he showed me something. Because I just said, Lord, I mean, I don't know what to do. I know I have to serve you. I know I have to go forward. I know it. But I feel like it's all just too hard to get past. <laughs> he showed me something. He says, come on, get up. Get up, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to show you the way. Just don't give up. I'm going to teach you things that you would never have learned if you kept on going the way you were going. You would have had a nice car, sure. You would have had even a nice house or maybe houses. But you wouldn't have what you'd need to do what I've called you to do effectively altogether. Hear me. So in the midst of my inexperience and maybe lack of maturity, a lot of times, this is us. We squander what we believe is, you know, just whatever we have. We take for granted a lot of times the people we love. We don't speak life to the people around us. Come on, somebody. You ever been there before? And there's consequences a lot of times to that. Hear me. Hear me. But this is also a good thing. Because, see, when you get a person down and they're learning while they're down, then in the end of it all, and not just the end of it all, in the second half, they're that much better than they were before. I feel now that God has been so faithful to me, and I'm so grateful to him, I'll be honest with you, for all of it. That's the truth. For everything I've had to go through, I, I can't help but to really thank him. I got a closer experience with being discipled by my father during all this time. It's been years, I know. I, had, I was too busy when I was younger to really be with him all the time. Be with him day to day and learn how he thinks, learn how he does things. To really be discipled, the schedule was too hectic. So something had, 
I don't know how, why or what, but all I do know is something happened during this time because I had a dream of getting back to what God called me to do. I would go close my eyes and I would picture being able to do what God called me to do again. And then the enemy comes in, tries to lie to you, tries to tell you, to, ah, he's, you, don't have, you don't ever have it. Stop it. You're just fooling yourself. All that's to see, that's what he does. He's a dream killer. People will never see you like that. People will never love you. They don't want to hear you anymore. All that he's told you too. I know it. He told this woman that too. I'll tell you this much. You and I no matter what, you cannot let the dream of what you can be and what he can do, don't let it die in you. Every day you've got to remind yourself and him of what you can be, what you can have, and what he said you are. Come on, clap your hands. you got to know it. If you want a great family, then you are going to speak it and you're going to remind God and you're going to start living like it. Heavy thing about it is God's way of bringing us out is amazing. And this is what I want to finish with and we're going to pray for a few of you. Listen. This woman... You already know the story. She pulled power. She pulled the miracle she needed. Some of you are going to pull the miracle that you need tonight. God has put it in you to go after it tonight. You can just sense it in here. I already see it. You're already looking different. You can see it, right? When you're preaching, you can see it. When people start catching it, start lighting up a little bit, they start looking like they got faith. They sit up a little more straight. Sometimes it comes to the end of their seat. Sometimes they're already looking like, whoa, I'm ready for this. I, I'm ready for my change. I, I just know. Listen, you already got it. Anything else will just be gravy. Because you already look different. Oh, come on, somebody. You already look like you're inspired. You already look different. You do. You do. You do. You look different already. You look like I heard him. See, there's a fighter in you. You're Victory Outreach Hayward. Come on. There's a fighter inside of all of you. You have been trained to fight the good fight. I wanted to provoke the fighter in you because I know it's there. I know there's a competitor in there. There's some people in here that you will not, you cannot finish last. You won't. You won't. You've been trained by some of the best people in our ministry to be a fighter and to be great and to be better than you've ever been. You've been taught. Now I'm provoking it. It's in there. Let him come out. Come on, clap your hands. Give God your best. Give him your best. Come on. Get back to your best. Get back to your best. Get back. Come on. Lose yourself in him. Start speaking it. 
You're already thinking it. Now start speaking it to yourself. Start saying, I am a child of the living God. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus. I am the head, not the tail. I am going to conquer this. stay back. No way. Not when he says I can still come. Why would anybody let their life become what the devil said they are? When God is trying to change your name. He's trying to turn all of it around and make sense out of all of it. takes drastic measures to get there, but tonight I think you're in the mood for some drastic measures tonight. I hope you are. I hope you're the type of people tonight that will crawl under chairs if you have to. Sounds a little extreme, doesn't it? Those are the type of people that that leave with a change of their life. That if there's too many people at the altar, they'll just crawl through their, get out my way, they'll bite ankles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Have you ever been that desperate for something? I mean, come on now, when you were a little kid, don't you remember? The piñata? <laughs> Anybody have the piñata? Come on, have you? You know, when, when somebody hits that leg, you're like, get out of the way. You ever done that? for candy. God loves that type of desperation. God loves that. I mean, this is better than a piñata, but you understand what type of attitude he loves. Just like you ran in for the candy when it was piñata time, and you pulled hair, you did whatever you had to do. Didn't you? Come on, wave at me if you did. Come on, you know you did. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. That's the type of person that he's looking for tonight. And that person will leave changed. But not just changed inside. Because I believe tonight, he's going to remind some people of some big dreams. He's going to bring it clear again. Because Jesus said in that crowd, who, who was it that pulled power from me? You know, you have to understand something. Jesus, he was a man, but he was also God. He already knew. But I have a feeling there was maybe two reasons why he asked that. Maybe three. First reason, I think, he asked, who touched me? Because this woman tried to take her miracle and leave. She tried to take her miracle and leave without anybody knowing. She tried to go away and leave the scene and she thought it was just for her. She almost got away with it. See, some of you come here tonight and it's such a self reason 
you think it's really just for you. That's, a, that's, a, that's all you can see right now. That I shall be made whole. But it wasn't just that. So he's asking the question, who is it? That's what he's going to do tonight, too. Who was it? Come on. I know you hear me. I know you're here. I know you were healed tonight. I know you're here. Who is it? Seeing that she could not go unnoticed. Seeing that she could no longer just be the same. Oh, hallelujah. She thought she was going to be able to take her healing and go do what she wanted to do and just move on with her life as usual. But that's not what God had in mind by healing her, by letting that power go. He had a whole different plan. It was different. She saw, I cannot be what I was no more. He's calling me out. She couldn't go unnoticed no more. When God's calling you, you feel like everybody knows that it's about you. And everybody sees it. And you feel like, oh, God, you're speaking to me. And I know it. And everybody must know it, too. And I've got to let it be known. And what she did was she responded. But hear me. The second reason why I think Jesus said, who touched me? Because Jesus also wanted everybody in that crowd to stop treating his little girl that way. He was tired of seeing his little girl treated wrong because of her problem. When she was not a quitter, they treated her like she was an outcast and he couldn't stand it no more. He said, not only are you going to get your miracle, but they're not going to treat you like that no more. Thank you, Jesus. You don't hear me, huh? Come on, somebody. Not only are you going to get your miracle, but they're not going to treat you that way no more. They're not going to hurt you that way no more. They're not going to call you names no more. They're not going to call you what you were after today. Today, I'm changing your name. I'm changing what people are going to see when they see you. I'm changing what they saw. They're no longer going to look at you and turn the other way. It's all going to make sense tonight. I want people to know that my power has been transferred into you. I want them to know that you have experienced me. And that you are no longer who you used to be because of me, says the Lord. What are you going to do with your miracle? What will you do with it? And the last reason I think he said, who touched me? I think he wanted her to know that she is no longer the same. I think he wanted to teach her how to be an evangelist. I think he wanted to teach her 
to pastor a church or something. You know what I'm saying, Joseph? Oh, because he called her out. He called her. He said, who was it that touched me? I want to make sure that you know who you are now. You are not what you used to be. You're not a drug addict no more. You're not a gangster no more, oh boy. You're not an ex-con no more. Oh, that's what the world called you. Oh, you're not a backslider no more. You're not an abuser no more. You're not a loser no more. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Oh, you're not a cheater no more. You're not a fighter of the world no more. You are my child and you've conquered and overcome it. Hey, come on, somebody clap your hands. You're more than a. Come on, if you feel I'm the head, not the tail no more. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know who you are. That way you can start acting different. That way you can talk different. That way you can. Why? Why? Well, the answer's simple. The next part, he wanted to hear her testimony. Testimony glorifies him. He loves it. When was the last time you gave a testimony of what happened to you? Whew. This is good. It's really true. When was the last time you said a testimony? Fear and trembling. Ooh, you just knew. It was like, okay, Lord, I'll share what you've done. I don't know what happened to me. All I know is I was down and out and I was hurting. My sister said it last night. Come on, sister, wave your hand. Last night she came in and she said, my heart hurt. I was going through it real bad. But I walked in here tonight and God touched my life. That's similar to what happened. That's, that's what God loved. Come on, somebody has to let it be known that I don't know what happened, but I know it was the blood of Jesus. I can't explain it all. Whoa, see, there's something about a testimony. No one can really tell you anything. You can't come against it with, like, theology or whatever they want to come up. You know, you can't really debate a testimony. If people want to come up to you, I don't know about your religion. Your religion's this. Let's say, well, I got a testimony for you. Amen. You know. You know your testimony. I don't know another, but you do. You know how messed up and miserable you were at one time. You know everything you tried. You went here. It didn't work. You went there. Didn't work. I tried 12 years. Didn't work. But one day, oh, come on, somebody. One day. There was one day. One day. I met a man that they. Do you have that one day? Come on, clap your hands if you have that. Oh, I don't know. I can't tell you how it happens. But one day, I met a man called Jesus, and he took my sins away. Wow. When was the last time you said it? Come on. 
last time you stood up and let God be glorified because you're not what you were? People need to hear it again. People need to hear it again. Tonight, see a lot of times the reason why people don't say their testimonies is because they think people heard it already. There's more to share than just how you got saved. How about what happened after you got saved? Hasn't God been faithful? Hasn't God been good? Did he leave you there? He didn't leave you there. He didn't just heal you. He didn't just get you saved. He healed you. He put your family back together. He, he gave you a husband. He gave you a wife. He gave you some talent. He gave you a call. He gave you a mission. He gave you his anointing. Come on, somebody, give him praise. He gave you purpose. He gave you power to trample on serpents and scorpions. He gave you a testimony, and he gave you more testimony. You have always, every day, something to tell somebody about. Have you not been forgiven again and again, even though you're saved? Come on, be honest. I know you look pretty, but I know behind that pretty smile, there has been some mistakes, and you needed him to come to your rescue time and time again. And you hide that. If you hide that, then you're not giving him glory. I'm not saying go and share your business to everybody. But I am saying use your struggle and that God over, help you overcome. The miracles you get in your life should encourage another miracle. Miracles are contagious. Change is contagious. Good things, prosperity is contagious. You just got to get the right people. Start doing the right things. You're going to see God's glory in this church better than and greater than ever before. You know, my dad's prayer is for Hayward is that it continues to go forward and that this church continues to spread out to the right, to the left, that this church continues to plant churches. This church continues to be who they are. church has planted more churches than 98% of the, of the whole outreach, maybe even 99. You planted more churches. Who are you? That's who you are. Where is that? You put Hayward on the map. I would have never known where Hayward was. <laughs> this is heavy. A lot of 
lot of times we let what we're feeling stop us from being who we are, and that's tonight. What was taken away over 12 years was given back to her on one day. With cherries on top. Because not only was she known as a woman that was now healed and changed and set free, but he called her daughter. Her his baby. He said, My girl, she's related to me. Treat her like you treat my daughter. He gave her a title of titles that we also can walk in. We're family. We're the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Oh, it's something beautiful. Who are you? Lift your hands right where you are. Go ahead and sing that song. Come on, lift your hands. This is your time. This is your moment. Talk to him. Talk to yourself. Go, 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 go. I give myself away. Oh, I give myself away so you can. 